0: Welcome to Bookshelf Shelfies. I'm your host, Mary Barbara Hanna. Here we interview everyday people about their extraordinary lives and the books that influenced them. Hi everybody, it's Mary Barbara Hanna and I'm back with, as usual, another exciting episode of Bookshelf Shelfies. Today, I have with me a very exciting guest. I know I say this every time, but it's probably just part of my personality, too, that I think people are exciting. This is Shelly Brander. Hi, Shelly. Hi, Mary Barbara. How are Hi. you? Good. I love it when my guests come on, and they're like, we're old friends. We've been talking for years, and it's really been 10 minutes. But they're so, <laughs> I mean, people are so used to being interviewed. You know, Shelly, when you and I, I think you and I are, um, you're probably like maybe 10 or 12 years younger than I am. But I think when we were growing up, we didn't have social media. And I'm always talking about this with my friends, how um, comfortable young people are being on camera and smiling and talking and, and presenting themselves. You know, and I'm from this generation of like, you know, you take a picture and three months later, you went to the photo mat drive through to get it developed. And then you had 15 of the same thing and you picked one and threw the rest away. Right. You know, <laughs>
1: yeah, I totally remember that. And yeah, now, and now, now it's here we like... are,
0: you know, uh, people are trying to are so good at being interviewed and smiling and, um, you know, just improv, which I think is pretty amazing. I All just right. picked up
1: my daughter from the airport and she's, you know, FaceTiming and driving and saying, yeah, right. they, 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 you know, every 10 years down you go, they've got another level of it. So I'm,
0: I predict, um, but you and I leave this earth, Shelley, we will be trying to send holograms to our grandchildren on Mars. Yep.
1: Grandma Good just prediction. Hologram I like it. Earth. Put this in a time capsule. See if you're right. Yeah, I will.
0: <laughs> uh, Shelley is the author of, I am, my light is playing havoc here. Move the Needle, um, wait, Move the Needle, yarns from an unlikely entrepreneur. I've said this title many times. It's a mouthful. (laughs) It's really great though, it's very clever. And Shelly's in branding. Not only is her last name Brander, she tells you the story in the book that she's into branding. So uh, she's, and I'm not gonna rehash her story here because I gotta tell you, you will want to buy this book. You will want to read it, it's phenomenal. Any time, well, and you're gonna find out why because we'll talk about it. So first and foremost, Shelly, I wanna show you a picture of something. So this is the joy of being on Zoom, as I can share my screen. Yes. Shelly is a knitter uh, and has loved knitting from a, a young age. And when, um, 16 to be exact, she was on a family trip, which when you read a, the, the, um, the story of it in her book, you'll laugh because you'll remember being a teenager yourself and having to go with your family on really awful family trips. Anyways, oh, She started knitting at a young age, and so um, I, as I was preparing for today's interview, I was laughing because um, I'm, uh, my creative outlet is usually creative writing, and, uh, but then we got this boxer puppy, this is Gable, and I could not write with a puppy, as you, as anybody with a puppy knows, you're on a schedule, it's like having a baby. You know, there's just no sitting down and focusing for long periods of time. So I thought, I really have to do something where I can just sit down for a little bit, do it, get up. It doesn't matter. I can come back. And so I picked knitting. And a friend of mine, Margaret Mullen, had taught me to knit a long time ago, many years ago. And I had kind of remembered a little here and a little there. But, you know, magic of the internet. I was looking at videos and tutorials and whatnot and, you know, just doing it and getting the hang of it. Which was interesting because in your book, Shelley, you talk a lot about teaching yourself to knit, and then the eye-opening world when people actually help you learn to knit and all this stuff. But anyway, so kicking off our interview, uh, this is Gable. I had started yelling, "I don't know what I was knitting, who knows a scarf or just something. It doesn't even really matter what I was knitting. I had set it down on the couch, walked away, and, you know, a few minutes later, came back, and this is what I saw. <laughs>
1: Uh, this scene is so familiar to me. I was just <laughs> saying the other day people think cats love yarn, but <laughs> dogs have a special ability to take it and weave it through your entire house you know yes. like you come in and and somehow in three minutes time mm-hmm. they've covered your entire house in a spider web
0: yeah yeah for sure <laughs> so I
1: just i've thought- walked through rooms with scissors doing this right <laughs> to be able to you know because like there's no way to unwind what no yeah created. just give in yeah. forget it
0: yeah. um yeah so this <laughs> remains now my this is gable he was quite young then i think maybe seven or eight months old he's about Three and a half these days. So I'm um, still loves his yarn. He's such a still good boy. Yes, they do. I'm not kidding. He's, delightful. I,
1: he's so cute. Um, I literally, this literally happened to me about four days ago. Cause I had this really nice, super luxury Merino yarn sent to me by a, a supplier who was seeing if we wanted to carry it. And I had set it on my desk normally the desk is safe, but the dogs have been a little extra crazy lately. Cause my I husband had, had an operation. Oh, yeah. And, and my husband, husband had an operation. So I know things have been a little weird mm-hmm. and, I mean, all over the house. And I mean it was this was just nice stuff. Like nice. It was painful. Yeah. So it happens. Keep it your was, keep was your it yarn a, away from your pets, guys. Right, was it a gift? The yarn? <laughs> it it was it was to potentially carry they, the supplier had been really excited to send it to me and it was this really low micron, meaning very high quality soft merino oh, wool. Oh. And yeah, I was like, Sorry guy, sorry, sorry guy. Because it like it was like this. <laughs> you know. Just like that, like Gable's
0: yarn. (laughs) All (laughs) over the place. Here comes, um, so little Gable's up and moving. Hey, Gable, come on this way, buddy. The next thing um, I want to talk to you about then is in your book, and this really, I was really moved by this. So this is um, on page 198. I'm just going to show you the picture. And um, this is um, a metaphor that Lucy, uh, Neatby, would you say Neatby, Neatby?
1: Neatby is correct, yes. Um, she
0: drew and I would love for you to tell us about this so I'll just show it to the people at home so they can see
1: yeah so the picture at the top if you've ever knit you know that this is basically the construction of a knit stitch so knit stitches are are connected one to the next and um, the very first workshop that I ever attended um, or in person Lucy Neat became she's lives in Nova Scotia and she drew that out and then it kind of gives away the punchline, but um, she said, stitches are like people. And she drew the little faces in after she had drawn the stitches. And she said, we are all connected. Stitches mm-hmm. are just like people. And when you pull, you know, uh, if you've ever snagged a sweater before, you know that when you pull... On one part of the sweater, all of a sudden, all the stitches get all scrunched up, right? If anyone's ever had that happen, it's very frustrating to try to take a lot of work to loosen all those stitches back up and make them nice and even again. It's just a good reminder, we're all all connected in exactly the same way. And so when you tug on this one, a lot of others get tugged. Yes. I think a lot of us have experienced over the last year, Right. It's absolutely. We certainly know now more than ever how connected we all are, I think.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that, that actually kind of is a nice little segue um, over to how I met Shelly. So, I am, as a knitter, I'm on Instagram and I just happened to spy something called Jimmy Bean's Wool. Yes. And Jimmy Beans Wool, they show all kinds of finished knitting stuff and and yarns and so forth. And uh, this book was something that they popped up one day on their thing. And I'm like, oh, what is this thing? So I started looking at it. I started following Shelly. And then I joined the Facebook page, you know, just because I'm always looking for new groups and what's going on out there. As I'm out there, uh, somebody posted a few days, maybe a week later, hi, my name is Jen Ellis. And I'm the person who made Bernie Sanders mittens and I'm new to knitting. And I, you know, I'm just hoping to be here for, you know, learning about knitting. And so that's how I met Jen Ellis was through you Shelley, even though yeah. I hadn't talked to you yet because actually once I booked my interview with her, it happened very, very fast. And uh, mm-hmm. so we were just suddenly doing it. And then, and anyway, so she was talking about how she you and she have actually reached out, I think, and connected already. Yes, we have probably. multiple
1: times. I feel mm-hmm. like we're just instant, fast friends, you know, <laughs> much the same way as this. She mm-hmm. just, uh, yeah, that was so funny because she's like, I was famous for a hot minute. You know, you may <laughs> have heard of these mittens. I'm no, like, no, can you refresh <laughs> my memory? <laughs> the whole planet knew about those mittens, but just I. pull it up and show
0: me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how I had this really fun interview with her. And of course she's so adorable and she is a second grade teacher. And the whole time I'm thinking she kind of looks like a large second grader, right? She wears her hair very short and she has clipped back a little bit. And she it does has have the cute sweetest face. Yeah. Yes. I mean, she, looks, she looks like a second grader. And um, I just anyway. love
1: that everybody has told her that she should take that moment and spin it into a giant business and take advantage of it and maybe start manufacturing mittens overseas or whatever. And she's like, no, I want to be a teacher. I'm a teacher. This I love what I do. I didn't ask for this, right? And she is writing yes. a book but it's not you know like she's not just throwing it all away because she right. cares about what she does so I
0: but she yeah she's like cool. people are like um can you come to new york for an interview and she's like um i have to turn grades in on friday <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh that's important you have integrity which is great yes. because of course Shelly, you mentioned the importance of integrity in your book as well right. so let's let's be formal just for a few minutes and uh why don't you give us the you know whatever how much ever you would like to tell us about your book what the, what it's about what inspired you what you hope people take away from it, and take as much time as you like.
1: Sure. So how it all came about, I did not have any big grand plan to write a book. It wasn't on my radar. I have always been a writer. I started out as a copywriter and worked in ad agencies and things. And I, of course, write copy and like social posts and emails and stuff for my business. But that was not on my radar. What happened was I was – this is not in the book, actually. I was – (laughs) maybe close maybe um I forget who I've told what right but um I was I just finished filming Knit Stars season three in Europe and Knit Stars is the world's first online knitting masterclass event that I founded co-founded um about six years ago and we do this big annual event every year um online and so I had been filming in I'd been there for two weeks. I had been filming in Finland, Denmark, Norway. I'd been in Italy for, for a number of days. They had lost my luggage on the way in, so I'd lived without with one sports bra, right? With one, one pair of leggings, one sports bra for like 10 days. It was, it was quite oh, an adventure. Man. And I was just wiped out, so exhausted. And I was getting ready to get on the flight back um, to the U.S. and I was literally too tired to knit, which is, Mm. that means I'm really, really, really tired. It doesn't happen very often. And because knitting is my usual way to pass time on a plane. And so I cut my Audible app and uh, the first book that popped up was Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott.
0: That's a great book.
1: Yes, and yeah. I had never really heard of Anne Lamott. I don't know why that book popped up. I actually am terrified of birds; that's like my biggest fear. So, but I was literally too tired to even look for another book. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll listen to this book. So, as I was flying back over, up over, on the a large
0: top, bird, may we say,
1: on a large bird, yes, going over the top of the world, right mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. Norway, and um, I listened to that book. And as I listened to it, I, if if anybody here hasn't read it, you definitely should. It's a fabulous mm-hmm. book. But it just kind of brought up this calling in me. She talks about how everyone should tell their story. And she talks about her love of writing in just such an interesting way. And it just kind of reawoken that in me, Mm reawakened that in me. And I'm like, uh, people are always asking me the story of how I went from branding to a little yarn store to this global brand and movement. And I thought, hey, maybe if I put the story out there, a, I don't have to tell it so much. That didn't really work out.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't have to do interviews or anything about it.
1: <laughs> but B, I think it can maybe help other people like me, especially women, mm-hmm. who in, female entrepreneurs, especially mothers, especially mothers of kids with special needs or extra challenges, um, who very often put their life and their dreams on hold, I think, um, mm-hmm. never to pick them back up, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so... So um, I reached out to Hay House, and it was like my dream publisher, and I wrote a book proposal, which I just found a template online. I didn't know what I was doing, Um, but I had written a book previously as kind of a test. I had self-published a book that was more about knitting. It was more of a – it's called Untangled. And it, it was kind of a practice for me to get the hang of the publishing world. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I was actually on a dare in a mastermind group that I'm in. They had said, you, everybody sitting in this room has probably already written a book and you just don't know it. And so um, I realized that I, I had and I made it into this book. And it was, it was just like literally a dare, you know, yeah. so like writing books. Was not, so I had taken a bunch of workbooks that I had created in my knitting world and turned it into a book book. And so because I had already had, had my first book out, that helped. I also the fact that I had a, um, you know, I have this movement going. So we have a lot of people who follow along with mm-hmm. what we do. And so to my surprise, Hey House said yes. And so then I had to write a book. And um, <laughs> so, so the basic, my basic intention of the book is to help people learn to put their passion first or decide Mm -hmm. to put their passion first Mm -hmm. Um, because as I sat and I mind mapped out my book and and I basically mind mapped out my whole life and I could see this continual um, theme of whenever someone told me I can't do something Mm -hmm. it really lit the fire in me to do the thing whether that was athletic like I always wanted to be an athlete but I had asthma and they told me that I couldn't and yeah, there, I was going to
0: all- ask you about your tennis forehand that you said is really weird.
1: It's really weird, yeah, <laughs> but it works for me. <laughs> it's more of a side oh, side gotcha. spin. All right. If you look at the string on my racket, mm-hmm, I do mm-hmm. this really weird. All my strings go sideways. It's a oh. side spin. Okay, so tricky. It has served me well, but. I was just going to um, say,
0: now you know, we've given away your it. secret.
1: Yeah. I, good luck trying to figure it out. You can watch the film. My pros oh, all no, to figure it Oh, I bet your opponents. Now your yeah, opponents know. They hate it. They hate it. They hate <laughs> it. Um, anyway, so, so my intention in writing the book was if I tell my story very openly and honestly, the good parts and the bad parts, I think it might inspire other people, especially creatives, especially creative women, to not wait until someday to do the thing that they love as their jobby.
0: You know, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. their
1: hobby, not their mm-hmm. job, their jobby. The jobby. And so um, apparently that has seemed to really resonate with people and a lot of people are starting, it's kind of, seems like it's forming its own movement, um, which is pretty awesome. People are starting to figure out how how to put their passion first, how to not wait until they retire to do the thing they love. And and all kinds of people are tagging me all the time and starting all kinds of businesses up, which is it's especially great, I think, because creative people in particular took such a hit during COVID. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so many people. You think about like the the production world, the film world. You know, just Broadway just came to a complete oh, yes. halt. Yeah. My husband is a painter, and his painting career had really started to take off. He had all these galleries lined up, and mm-hmm. that
0: mm-hmm. just Nothing. went
1: away. Yeah. Um. And and then conversely, you have a lot of people that um. You know, they either lost their jobs during the pandemic, or they had time to think. Gosh, maybe I don't love this job so much. Maybe mm-hmm. I want to do this this creative thing I've always dreamed of doing. Mm-hmm. And so, I think ultimately the timing worked out really great. The book came out in January, just as everybody was putting 2020 in the rearview, <laughs> and and people have used it as a tool to, you know, light their fire and, and absolutely. go absolutely. So.
0: What I appreciate um, about the book, and, and um, so that it, it does really start with you writing the tricycle, won't give too much away about the tricycle story, <laughs> um, and then follows you through school and getting your first jobs as a copywriter and working in the ad agency and trying to go for the bigger um, salary and the bigger jobs and dealing with sexism in the workplace. Um, you know, so those those are very in- interesting and intriguing stories. As um, and then every so many chapters you stop and kind of give us a summary like mm-hmm. these are the things right this is what I want you to take away from the stories I'm telling you and then at the end of the book one of your recommendations is to keep a journal photo or otherwise you know some kind of creative journal so just as you just said so you can start connecting the dots and seeing the pattern of your life and what your passion are and what keeps coming back around to you And as I told you right before we started this, um, my, I've always wanted to be, actually I wanted to be on Broadway when, you know, I always wanted to be a musical star, but I don't sing. So, Um, but talk shows came a close second. So what my day job is actually, Shelly, is I do professional development. I'm a trainer. And so I literally stand in front of people all day talking, you know, trying to engage them in conversation and doing these trainings and teaching soft skills. But it, I mean, that sort of satisfies that thing in me where I get to crack jokes a little bit and, you know, but teaching My real um, calling in life is adult literacy. I've worked in the adult literacy world for a long time being a GED teacher and so forth. So anyway, so that's exactly the same thing. When I started this little podcast, it was just to satisfy that itch, you know, like I just love talking to people and it's fun and people have really inspiring stories and they're just everyday people doing everyday things, raising their kids, their husband has surgery, they've got dogs, all that stuff. I'm going to give you a couple of quotes from your book and um, I'd like you to piece them together for us and tell us a little bit about this philosophy. So one of your, um, and you're probably like, what What is she going to say now? Okay. (laughs) First you pop the beer. No, that's the wrong. Uh, That's incorrect. This is, um, first of all, you said, um, this is towards the end of the book, progress is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. And then you give us two ways in other parts of the book, where people have to undo things. So progress is better than perfect. But then I'd like you to talk to us about frogging, the idea of frogging, and also tinks, which is knit, knit spelled backward, tink, right? Yeah. So yep. progress is better than perfect. But then we have frogging and tink. So kind of put that all together for us. Sure.
1: Yeah, I think I think perfection is such is an enemy to everyone. But it's, I think the really big enemy to creative people right because creativity in and of itself there there is no such thing as creative perfection right mm-hmm, it doesn't mm-hmm. exist I mean I think that's part of you have to kind of lean into that progression optimizing always getting a little better as a creative and if you if you well I'll use an example my husband again is a is an oil painter mm-hmm. and almost every painting he does he does the whole painting and then scrapes the whole entire thing and I will think it looks Perfect, you know, but for him, he can't stand that this one little color in this one spot didn't look quite right. And so he'll just, you know, erase the whole thing. And, and he's had to learn that at a certain point, if you just continue to scrape and scrape and scrape, I mean, how much art ends up in the trash can, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe you could do iterations. And then all of those iterations, somebody might like that first one the best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that's how creativity works, right? So, um, for me personally, I had to, it was a big struggle. And, and still is for me to let go of the perfection, you know? Mm-hmm. Even as I'm building now that I have a company that it has a big team, right? And I still I I still want to do all the things my way, you know. I used to design all nothing the
0: patterns, wrong with it.
1: All the things. And um I've had to learn, you know, like that that perfection is not going to help the team grow. You know, you have to be have room to make mistakes and and I've learned to lean into just optimizing and always getting excited for those chances to make it better. But mm-hmm. then like to know, you know, Like if it's eighty percent there, that's awesome. Let's move on, right? Yes. So tinking and frogging. So in knitting, there's two basic ways you redo things. Um, And knitting, having to redo it is part of knitting. It's like the Mm -hmm. biggest lesson that you have to learn as a knitter, I think. Yes, every beginner. Yeah, when you when you because you have to work so hard for all of those first stitches and to think you got to pull those out and, and or
0: you... or I can send Gable over because he'll help you. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, you always yeah, have. Yeah, he'll Gable, help right? you just take it all apart. That might be the third option. Yes, yeah, so you have <laughs> tape, right. you have Frog, you have Gable, right. but hopefully you don't have to go all the way to Gable. It's but it's very disheartening because you've created something and then you have to you have to go back and it's re- sometimes people would rather just quit entirely than have to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I've had that moment in my career where I wanted to just, I, it would have been easier to quit mm-hmm. and to go back a little bit. Um, but the reality is that's, that's how this works. It's the ebb and flow of entrepreneurialism. Yes. There's good days, there's bad days. So tinking, like you said, um, the two ways you can um, go back or redo in knitting are tinking, which is knit spelled backwards. And that's where you take one stitch out at a time. Yes. Like yeah, this. I it's I very, done that. yeah. And, and you have to, Very beginners can't do it. It takes a while to get you. They think they should be able to. I did a lot of frogging in
0: the beginning. Yes, 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 that's true.
1: So, because you have to get really used to the anatomy of that stitch and really understand what you're doing, especially if there's a pattern going on. But, tanking, you know, it's very methodical. It's like, okay, I'm going to go back just as many as I need to frogging is when you go to the frog pond and you rip it, rip it. <laughs> and that means you just take that whole dang thing off the needle and you just, yes. you know, just undo yes. the whole thing. And there, there's a moment that comes when you realize you've screwed up. You're like, okay, I could take it or I could frog it. And like, because it takes time to put it back onto the needle, you have to make this judgment call. So you, mm-hmm. Take, mm-hmm. you know, how many rows do I have to go back one stitch at a time versus take got. <laughs> Right? So those are, you know, and it's, it's, there's always a moment of, oh, crud. And I know for me, I, like, if I undo it, I feel like I have to immediately get all those rows back. Like, Mm -hmm. don't bug me. Yeah. Because I'm going to be, I have to knit it back to the point that I was at before, you know, like before I can get up from where I'm in my chair again. Perfectionism, right? <laughs> and and those these are things I think as creatives, the sooner we can let go of that need for perfection, and that agony of having to go back a little bit, mm-hmm. the sooner we can move forward, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and it, there's a great a big old gray area between that, right? Like how many times do you scrape the painting? At what point yeah. do you just yeah. do you just gable the project and toss it in the trash, right? Um I just think uh, the whole thing is sort of an exercise in resilience but for me personally that's that's really helped in personal develop my own personal development like knitting has taught me so much about patience about undoing and redoing mm-hmm. about letting go of perfectionism because there's no such there is literally no such thing yes, right, as a perfect right. hand knit sweater like right. there's no way that you you're not a machine right so right, there is no right. way that yeah. you probably have Ten thousand stitches in any hand knit sweater. Yes. There's no way that at least one of those wasn't twisted or a little looser than the one next to it. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. So it teaches you that. So
0: it's yeah, one of the so, great things about it. Yeah, and that's and so back to the book. I mean, that's a lot of what the undercurrent is in this book about you, Shelley, moving forward and then sometimes coming back a little bit and then going forward further and then coming back, opening one store, opening two stores, coming back and consolidating to one store. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, taking a, uh, that class, which I'm sorry, at the PF.
1: PLF, uh, Product PLF, Launch Formula. Thank you. Yeah. Joe and then being, you know, uh,
0: winning this thing and going there and meeting a woman. And then you guys started Stars, mm-hmm. this online summit that you've been talking about. Mm-hmm. So just very quickly over to a app that we both have, which is called Clubhouse. And it's kind of a current hot thing where it's all, it's like Facebook, but it's only voice and it's live right? So you go in there, you don't, you see people's pictures, but you only hear voices and you're, it's just like walking into a huge um, conference center and every room has got a different conference going on. Some of which are in my mind, completely ridiculous. And it (laughs) reminds me of the old days of chat rooms. You don't want to go in those rooms. Yep. Um, (laughs) Some are quite fantastic and you can just pop in and listen. And then sometimes you get on the stage and you can share your thoughts and so forth. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got to come into Knit Stars. And what fascinated me, Shelley, is most of the time, the rooms I'm in, I think the people I'm listening to are what I, I just consider young people. I mean, here, I'm 58 years old. So, you know, I think that people are in their late 20s, mid 30s, you know, kind of in this range. And they're, you know, these are the perfect people to be reading this book, because this really speaks to where they are and kind of getting grounded and moving forward. And, you know, they're all trying to figure things out. So as I'm listening to Knit Stars and uh, I'm listening to people come on stage and talk and stuff, it strikes me that some of the women I'm hearing speak have to be older than me.
1: Oh, yeah. I would say many of them, yes. Uh, We have the full range, yeah.
0: So I got hysterical over here on my couch listening to Knit Stars because I'm thinking, I'm, I'm not that I'm old, I mean, you know, it's all relative, blah, 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 but only young people really use this app. And then Mm -hmm. I hear the like 80-year-old grandma come on who lives in (laughs) New York City and Mm -hmm. has just come back to knitting. I mean, she was really fascinating and she was telling you all these great stores that she loves to go to in Brooklyn or wherever she was from. And uh, I'm like, how did this lady find out about Clubhouse? How did she get (laughs) on Clubhouse? And what else does she do out here? I'd like to follow her and see what's going on.
1: And you should. I hope you did. I hope you poked her in the face like we say on Clubhouse. Yeah. So this is one of the things, honestly, that I am most proud proud of and that I most love about knitting and just any creative endeavor in general, but especially knitting. There's like this magic that happens on the couch at our store where you'll see people of all ages and all backgrounds, of all colors, of all religions, everything sitting together and creating together and there's like this trust that happens and the safety that, that it creates um, because you're all bonded around this weird thing that you do, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so what I feel like has happened, one of the biggest things that loops and knit stars have accomplished over the last 15 years is for younger people we've helped them learn to slow down. Mm-hmm. Like because they're all on their phones and living digital world and, and knitting is the anti- Synthesis of that you have to slow down mm-hmm, right and it's mm-hmm. that that slow movement of creating something with your hands and for older people we've brought them into the digital age yeah right yes. and i mean kicking and screaming in a lot of cases like i remember when they were complaining that we were doing stuff on facebook that what is this face what is the facebook right, right? <laughs> and then instagram and then ravelry became a thing which is a big online platform for knitters and then and then clubhouse yeah they were Well, we first said, hey, we're going to try this thing called Clubhouse because a lot of my marketing friends are on it. There's a lot of Um, marketers talking to marketers on there right
0: now. Yeah, but my friend is a photographer, the one that got me on. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. So like a lot of early adapters are in there. It's, you know, like you said, drop-in audio-only app, but it is on fire. And I was like... This is. A, I think that knitters would love this. Knitters love podcasts, mm-hmm. and and they can sit and they can knit while they listen to the audio, and they don't need to worry about what they look like on right. Zoom or whatever. Right. And so, and I was like, and I could invite in all the different knit stars, and we could just chat. And they, the knitter, skewered me the first week that I came on, and I was like, we're gonna do this thing called Clubhouse, because you have to have an iPhone.
0: Oh, so right! So I left
1: out all the Android users, and we yes. have a lot of, glo- I mean, the source is very global, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of Android users. And I mean, just they had to figure out how to get on, and you have to have an invitation to get in. There's a process, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And you got to try stuff out. And yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I tried to create what they call my, my marketing friends were doing these invite chains or invite trains where, okay, you, Mary Barbara, you're going to, go get on and then you're going to invite, give an invitation to the next person in the -hmm. the chain, right? Oh Oh my gosh, no, no, it was a shit show. No, (laughs) because these ladies would like get on Facebook for once for the day and then they'd go away. So then the next person would be waiting for their invitation. They're like, wait, where's my invitation? And I mean, they just went crazy. But now over, it, it took about probably six to eight weeks, honestly, of doing a, a room every single week. And now mm-hmm. they're getting the hang of it because we've mm-hmm. just been showing up every week. It's just yes. an extra fun thing we're trying, right? Yeah, right. Um But I but I love that. I love that it, it, it yes, it may take a little more effort to get people that aren't as tactically. Your brain cells tech, though. Savvy. Yes, it's good. Very and good and now they're cells. all getting connected Bigger and they're era. like, what's happening on Clubhouse this week? So So, and then we do have younger people, you know, like you have the whole age range in the group and then Mm -hmm. random people are finding it and coming in, which is kind of the point too, like help spread the love of
0: yarn. So um,
1: yeah, Clubhouse, Uh, people should check it out if they have it. Yeah, they should.
0: And you know, there's always, I have invited people and uh, you know, my daughter's like, yeah, mom, too busy right now. And I'm like, oh, well, pardon, pardon me. (laughs) Um, I know our time is a little bit short and so I don't want to uh, overlook a few Things. Um, I just a summary uh, that I did jot down from your book because I'm going to ask you some questions, not about this summary, but I want to give the summary to people who potentially will buy the book. But also, I want to give you a chance to shout out how they can find you on social sure. media. So the book. Um, this is a good summary. It's a narrative framework. This is uh, Shelly's words. These are her words. It shows you what is possible, and it holds creative space. It holds that creative space for you and in which you can apply your own life, your own goals, dreams, and purpose. So she gives you really in-depth and some very personal stories, but then she goes on to show you how despite these things or alongside these things she created, you know, she pursued her passions. So that's what I want my audience to take away from it. Um, Tell people how they can find you. What are they looking for when they go find you, Shelley Brander?
1: Oh, for me, yeah, I was going to say for the book itself, it's available everywhere. It's on Amazon. It's on – um Oh, but you have at, a website. Yes, we have a website. I was going to say it is also in like almost a lot of Barnes & Nobles, a lot yeah. of independent bookstores. If you're independent bookstore – If you want to support them, which they could all use the support right now, um, that would be awesome. And you can ask them to order it for you. So that's great. Um, But we do have a website called theneedlebook.com where people Mm -hmm. can go and we've got some extra resources there. So I've got a list of all the resources, like some key resources I use to, you know, build my business that I think will be helpful. And then I've got a book club guide because a lot of people have been forming book clubs <laughs> randomly around this book, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and then I've got a find a mentor guide because I talk about in the fourth section yes. about how if I had gotten mentors or, or how important mentors have been to me and how if I had added more mentors and gotten more help in the form of team and contractors and stuff earlier on, I think I would have moved, you know, even faster. Which um, is
0: pretty difficult to, to um to understand only in that you've already moved when you read this book she's already moving at the speed of light folks (laughs) so for her to say I need to move faster is in other words she'd like to have two or three of her in existence to cover (laughs) all the things that she does and accomplishes
1: I don't think the world needs any more than one of me but um but my team is amazing and I have learned to like like I've learned that, I mean, there's a lot of people who are really good at things that I'm not good at and yes. bringing them in as mm-hmm. early as possible. It just, it just helps make everything more, for sure. it helps you just focus in on your mission and your purpose faster. Right? And what your
0: strengths are. I mean, I think that's really key. You know, in partnerships, you, we really can't do everything. And um, there is a place in the book where people you say resist feeling threatened, mm-hmm. you know, by asking for help. And mm-hmm. You know, can you speak to that just for a brief minute and then we're gonna wrap up? But I yeah, have to ask you sure. some questions. So go ahead. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that is the hardest thing. I actually just had to do that today because I've had a week that's been really intense with work. We have a big thing that we're launching and um and I tend to take on everything and not ask my team for help. And I had to ask for help today. I said, Look, yeah. this is too much. I can't, I'm not keeping up, you know, with everything going on. So, but it is really hard I think that's especially hard for anybody that's entrepreneurial and you know you build you build something entrepreneurial it's usually just you starting out mm-hmm. and then getting you, you do that because you want to do things your way and you can go fast and then all of a sudden you need help and you need people and how do you navigate that I mean my friend um, Annie Hyman Pratt calls it the people problem you know how do you how do you That I can almost feel like going backwards like wait a minute I you know, I'm, I'm doing this on my own, but, um, it's really actually a really great personal development and leadership opportunity that I, don't think I,
0: what do you think is threatening when you say resist feeling threatened? What is the threat? Do you think? (sighs)
1: Um, I think the threat is the threat in admitting you need help. is like saying that you're not good enough to do Mm -hmm. all of it, that you're not perfect, right? (laughs) You're not perfect. You can't do all the things
0: that's right. right? I, I
1: for me, I think that's it um but oh so to go back to um if people want to follow me want to learn how to knit or whatever um so my original business is called loops um there's a we're on instagram and online at loopslove.com but and this you did hear here first um we are we just have been going through a rebranding and we are going to brand everything and bring it all under the knit stars umbrella so it's exciting yes this congratulations is just like literally right now I mean, thank you and oh i'm, my I'm God, so excited exciting. because knit stars is everything that we we dream of being it's global um we have this movement to knit the world together that's mm-hmm. how we put it that's our mm-hmm. mission that's our movement and um we've just evolved into something that's you know i mean and knit stars the model the master class event that we put on there's really nothing like it in the yeah. world yeah and, um, and thousands of
0: people do it every year.
1: Yeah, we have, yeah, I think, around um, the world. We're about 13,000 owners who've bought at least one season. And I always like to tell the, the quick story of um, when we launched that first season, we didn't know how it would go over. Because, you know, knitters, we can find lots of great free teaching videos and stuff on sure. Brazilians on YouTube and everything. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. like, how's this going to go over? But we had this vision of something that was more like you'd get to be in the people's living room and it, it it's not just workshops it's online workshops but they start with like a documentary style video where you mm-hmm. really get to know the person and what drives them we we fly all over the world and film with these people so it's like bringing that name on the pattern into the into your living room you know it's, it's amazing just, it's very unique and it brings together my whole broadcast background and you know storytelling background together with knitting mm-hmm. which is like where it's all at right but when we had that first sign up period six years ago we weren't sure how it would go over we thought maybe people in the U.S. would be excited about it um and the first person to sign up when we opened up online cart um was in Singapore wow. and the last person in that sign up win- window was from Dubai
0: that's and incredible
1: we just kind of looked at each other we we're just like pinch ourselves that oh there's like a global need for this right you know? right so I think sometimes in the U.S. and North America we can get kind of you know we're in our own echo chamber and we don't realize how many people out all around the world don't have access to mm-hmm. what we have access to mm-hmm, like some of the mm-hmm. top knitting teachers and so yeah. it just was so source has become everything that we dream of being and everything we want to do and it's really the it's the disruptive model it's the only Oh, and yeah. so, as,
0: as she's talking about that, I will just flash up also this book called Blue Ocean Strategy. She recommends that. I've been reading it. It is very interesting, especially for entrepreneurs if you're looking for that disruptive model. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, how to create uncontested market space and make the competition irrelevant.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and the basic idea is that when you're swimming in the ocean, and um, you, you swim and you're in the blue ocean. You're, in a, in, you're doing something new, but that's never been done. You're in fresh, new water. And yeah. then all of a sudden, the sharks, they see what you're doing and they come and the water turns red. Yeah. And you need to swim for the blue ocean. Get out of yeah, there. Keep swim moving. The blue ocean. And I, I, that resonated so much with, for me when I came across that theme because I'm like, oh, that's what I've been doing my whole life. Yeah. I just get very excited when it's something that no one has done yeah. before, yeah. right? And it's a, bet- it's a better mousetrap, right?
0: So. You are going, yeah, anybody <laughs> who loves new and exciting and uh, visionary, you're going to love this book and loving, love getting to know Shelly. Shelly, I have a couple of standard questions I ask all my guests, sure. so I just will shoot those out to you before we wrap up. um Do you use a bookmark when you read?
1: Oh, that's a good one. I We actually created bookmarks for my book, and it's really cute, but I, have I didn't to admit, get one. Oh, I can get Did you one. Off? I will get you no, one. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it was like an extra for these little we had a launch team, you know, before we started uh, yeah. out. and um, like 750 people in that group. Anyway, I always think I should use a bookmark, but I end up not. It's just like a stitch marker. Well, like in knitting, you have a stitch marker. And there's these really, well, no, but I was going to say, okay, Mm. so it's, it's a parallel. So in knitting... They're, they make all these amazing stitch markers, little plastic and beaded and blah, 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 blah. But, but nine times out of 10, I can't find my stitch markers. So I just tie a piece of yarn in another color and stick it on the needle. And it's the same with book. Like I probably have a hundred bookmarks laying around, but Somewhere. I never have one when I need it. Right, right. So I end up dog, dog earring, which I, I hate. I know it's terrible. I know, I do. No, I I I'm totally earring. kidding. I do have, um, <laughs>
0: because there are varying degrees. Everybody I ask that question, I have people are like, oh, I dog ear. People are like, I would never dog ear.
1: I oh, no. I feel uh, okay. guilty every time, like I'm hurting the book or the author when I turn down that paper. But anyway. I
0: think I think it's like the Velveteen Rabbit. It is well mm. loved. That, that book. Gets don't that, you that, worry, yep. Shelley? Okay. It's a okay. well loved book. All right. All right. How about marking in books? Do you mark in books? Do you ever underline or? What's, do you ever or you take notes separately what do you
1: I take notes separately I like to keep notes separately and I have a journal that I write in and color in with markers I have a bullet Ooh. I've gotten into bullet journaling lately mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which was very freeing for me like to break out of that pattern of um, one page per day in a planner like where uh, I used to feel guilty I used to be like oh I did really good on Monday so much and then by Friday I forgot Tuesday Wednesday Thursday <laughs> So bullet journal, it's kind of like, oh, jump to Friday. No one knows any different, right? Because uh, you're yeah, not so, getting
0: graded on your journal. Exactly.
1: Grading <laughs> Nobody's myself. Nobody's checking. So, <laughs> so I, I do really like to keep free form notes. I okay. um, just recently read the book uh, Little Black Stretchy Pants, which is about the rise of Lululemon, And Oh, I yeah. Take, like I just, uh, yeah, sometimes I just really get going and I'll just take pages and pages. Um, no, I feel like writing in the book... Um, Makes me think of high school, and is too triggering. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, I don't do that. Now I heard you say
0: that you have um, Audible. So I don't know. Do you use a Kindle or are you paperback, hardback? Does it matter for you?
1: I use. I I love I love hardback. My eyes are not great. I feel like they. I just always struggle a little bit. I Mm. my favorite is Audible, and my favorite favorite is to have a plane ride where I can just go into the zone. And, but I did read Little Black Stretchy Pants on Kindle because I think it was like a, it was like a one. when or oh, something. we talked
0: about bird by bird. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's um, a good one. But it yeah, was- I love to get on the plane and just, and just really sink into a good audible with a great reader, you know, yeah. and just, I feel like you could just get really immersed that
0: way. So Chica, we have to go. Yeah. You have. I know you have something else going on. You're a busy woman. I do want to say thank you so much and give you 30 seconds. Is there anything we didn't talk about or you didn't get a chance to say that you hoped that you could say or wanted to say?
1: Well, the one thing I would say we just started because there's been so much energy around the book. Oh, it did. It made Wall Street Journal a bestseller list. That's hey, a big I should have mention. That's fantastic. That was big for women for for a book like this. But um, that is big. Because – probably because of that, there's been so much energy around this book that we needed a container for it. So we created a free Facebook group. So we have a new free Facebook group called Move the Needle Book Club. Okay. So people – we just created it a couple weeks ago. So okay. if people get the book and want to be able to connect with other people, maybe find an accountability partner mm-hmm. to kind of help keep you moving forward as you – figure out how to put your passion first Mm -hmm. and maybe turn your hobby into your jobby.
0: Yeah. Um, That's
1: a great place to land after you, after you get the book, if you want to connect with others around it.
0: When I post this interview, I'll put um, a link to that Facebook place and I'll post, you know, links to the books that you've mentioned. We talked about Bird by Bird and Little Black Stretchy Pants. I'll post that. But of course, also your book, Move the Needle. Shelly, thank you so much for your time today. It was just so great to see you in person. And I will probably be there on Sunday with my headphones on while my husband's watching basketball.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much. Loved
0: it. Take care.